This is Joshua Bell with The Kilt and the Cloth. This was my sermon from April 18th, 2021. I hope you enjoy. My scripture this morning takes place from Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through uh, 22 or 21, I think. And uh, I think it says 21. 21. And this comes right after a miracle story, so you're, you're kind of in the middle of a story. So I just want to get you ready for that. And when Peter saw it, the miracle, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by your own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead, And to this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith, in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health in the presence of all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did all your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke. By the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. This is an awesome, power, powerful passage of scripture that is just kind of like in the middle of our world. And one of the things that kind of popped into my head was this idea of healing by just the very mention of Jesus' name. So I'm going to sound a little bit different than normal because I want to talk about this aspect of spiritual healing and physical healing by calling upon the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you, how many of you remember there was uh, an evangelist, a healing evangelist by the name of Benny Hinn. And he created a healing ministry that became extremely famous and powerful. And, and from Benny, multiple people launched off from him and created revivals all over the country and the world to bring the healing power of Jesus into the world that we find. No, I'm not standing here to tell you and make fun of Benny Hinn in any way, shape, or I don't think there's anything funny about calling upon the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and expecting healing. One cannot do that and not witness it one way or the other. 
in spite of who is saved. There's a movie that every time we get at this passage of Scripture, I just, I have to talk about. Because it changed my life. The movie's called Leap of Faith. It's got Steve Martin in it. And, and I'm bringing it up because he, he became what we call a, 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 a revival preacher. And at the revivals, he did a healing part of his service. Now, in the Christian church, Disciples of Christ, because everybody gets weirded out about this stuff, is that we typically find ourselves, as my grandfather would say, living in the world of skepticism when it comes to somebody laying hands on somebody else for prayer. Because that's not necessarily where we come from, except for it's hard to argue because it's a biblical thing. So we find ourselves in the middle of this movie Steve Martin rolls into town with this gigantic semi and he starts to set up his tent outside of town and they have this routine that they would normally do and this happened all the time by the way that these revivalists would come into town and they would start handling out flyers and say we're going to have a revival you're all more than welcome to come and people would show up in droves now the part that's important to understand in this movie is Steve did not care about that audience coming to the tent. He portrayed himself as a man of God, walked around with a fancy necklace, walked around with all the stuff, and walked into the room, sat down, and, and he became the man of God and talked in a fancy tone of voice. Because I guess every preacher has to say, man of God, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't know. But evidently we have a tone of voice when we talk in public. And it's the way that we talk with one another that annoyed me the most in the movie. Because he would walk around people and he'd say, Well, it's good to see you, brother so-and-so. And I just, right off the bat, I get angry. And I can feel like the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. And, because I have found that my calling in the ministry is not necessarily uh, to, to, to preach the Word of God as much as it is to defend our faith. We live in a world of uncertainty. My job becomes the ultimate opportunity in my calling to say this person that we're talking about was real. He existed. He changed the world with his very own words. Told his people that if you claim healing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, not only will you be able to heal the sick, you'll be able to raise the dead and cast out demons. <clears throat> I have to believe that with my entire being, even when my academic brain wants to argue this conversation. And then you have people like Steve Martin in the show Leap of Faith, movie Leap of Faith, who want to take advantage of people who have that faith. So the movie starts out kind of beautiful. He comes into town, he... And shortly into the movie, you realize that he's a con man. And all of the people that work in his revival are also a part of the con. Even so much so that when he gets to the healing part of the service, he's got plants that are within the sanctuary. And he knows them by name. And he knows everything about them. Suddenly, they feel moved to come to the front of the sanctuary or the tent 
as he brings out his fancy stage and his fancy light shows and smoke machines and all kinds of things. As people get in, they feel the presence of God and are entertained because that's what he does. And someone comes walking to the front that he already knew about and he heals them. Now, Benny Hinn used to do this thing when he would heal people. And again, I'm not here to make fun of what he did. I want that very much clear. He would hit somebody and they would fly back and they'd come back healed. And their lives would change. So what does Steve Martin do? does the exact same thing. He knows the language. He knows the body language. And these, these plants that he had from inside the sanctuary would come to the front and he would hit them and they'd fly back and come back up healing, healed, just miraculously. And the people kept giving their money. Kept giving their money. Because that's really all that Steve wanted in the movie. Now my favorite part of the movie is when it happened in spite of him. So, one night, as the movie continues, there's a young boy who's been, what they use the language, crippled in the movie. He hasn't been able to walk without assistance since he was a child. Steve sees him from the very back of the sanctuary as he feels the presence of God and is feel so moved to come to the altar to be healed by this preacher. And as he's walking, he's walking with his crutches and the audience is watching him because they all know him. He's from their hometown. And as he comes to the front, Steve says, Oh, I don't have any healing left in me. The power of the Holy Spirit has left. I, I have nothing left in me. I, I cannot help you. And the boy is still continuing to walk. And he says, Oh, I feel Jesus leaving the room. The Holy Spirit is gone. And does this really dramatic tries to exit the room and as he leaves he bumps the guy the kid that's walking up there with crutches and the kid falls down on the stage and everybody stops breathing and in the midst of the moment Steve does not know what to do because everybody in town loves this young man so what does he do he looks and the boy stands up without the assistance of crutches and continues to walk, almost dance. In the course in the movie, Steve takes advantage of the moment. Oh, Jesus healed him. And then soon as the revival was over, he found that young boy and his mother and he says, now wait a minute, now you're trying to con me. How much money do you want? See, we, we don't know what to do when the presence of God shows up in the place. We say that we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we are not sure what that means. We want answers right now. I mean, we live in this instantaneous world where everything you can get is within a minute of your, your existence. I can pull up into McDonald's and I'm going to ask for a McDouble and I'm probably going to get a McChicken because they never can get my order right. But I still get it in less than three and a half minutes before I pull out of the driveway. And as I'm pulling out of the driveway, I'm already eating it before I got onto the road with my unsweet tea that somebody else has already made. And all of a sudden, my life is perfect. But what would happen 
just, just for a second, if when we're walking through this world, all of a sudden, boom, God comes into your life and changes it by just claiming Jesus as Savior. That's where Peter finds himself in Acts chapter 3. And he looks at the crowd and he says, this is what we were talking about. And of course, now Peter is always slow, right? Now all of a sudden he is standing with pride and he finally gets it, just like all the rest of us, right? We finally understand. All of a sudden it makes sense that Jesus can bring healing to those that call upon you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and are, are shocked when that happens. Hmm. We don't know what to do with miracles. Neither did the people of that time after the first after Jesus has died and resurrected and ascended into heaven because now this is the story of us trying to pick up the pieces after Jesus has gone. We're trying to make sense of our extraordinary deeds. And the words that we say have power. You can move mountains with a faith the size of a mustard seed. It's hard. It's hard and we ask ourselves, how can we participate with God as healers and proclaimers of the good news and the good word in a broken and battered creation? We pick up where we left off in the story of Leap of Faith. At the end of the story, once Steve Martin has realized that this was something that happened that he had no control over, his world is completely shocked and uttered into this new existence and, and he is overwhelmed and has no idea what to do with it. And the ministry must continue on and it has to do without him. And you see him getting on a semi-truck, hitchhiking out of town, putting on his cowboy hat, Hear the tent revival in the distance, singing hymns of joy and praise, clapping as the world is changed in spite of him. You see, your words matter. They can move mountains. They can change hearts. They can heal the sick. They can raise the dead and they can cast out the demons, our souls, our minds, and our hearts. There's power in the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son. Amen.